five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to everything you need to know about music. Where tonight, I, Jason, am sitting with my friend Mike. Say what's up, Mike. What's up, Jason? His brother, Kevin. Say what's up, Kevin. Hello, Jason. Hello, listeners. And Seth is here. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) Happy New Year. First podcast of the new year, 2023. I was going to say, Jason, it's been a while. It's been a little while. Stained. Remember that song? Yeah, that's right. right? Good song. Stained. Good one. It's been a while. Good to be back. Um, Let us quickly do our segment, This Is My Jam, the songs that we are listening to right now, because there's four of us, we'll do this somewhat quickly. And I will start off the year and the podcast with saying that this is my jam with a nod to Kevin. This is what for some reason has Mm. been in my brain and in my car playing recently. Not a Steely Dan fan, but for some reason, this song has just been doing it for me. This is Hey 19 from what album, Kevin? Hey 19. Oh man, you're testing me, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, I only know because I have it in front of me. <laughs> Gaucho. Gaucho is correct. Yeah. Very good. Um, this is on the Mount Rushmore of Steely Dan songs for me. Is it for really? Sure. Yeah. I you mean, know what it is for me? It's not the lyrics because I'm sure there's probably some deeper meaning and story and everything right. behind it or whatever. It's the hook. The hook, which I'll play right now. This just gets me. Right here. I just, I, it just hits me. It's been stuck in my head like an like a earworm all week. It's a Michael McDonald-ish backing. Maybe that's what it is. Right? Yeah, that's what it is. And that's why I like it. So that's my jam. Hey, 19, Steely Dan. All right, who wants to go next? Seth? Sure. All right. So my jam is uh, something I stumbled across. And from listening to the podcast again, I don't know if this is going to be ever be one of y'all's jams, but, uh, <laughs> but I stumbled on it um, over the weekend, and okay. I'll, just, I'll just play it. It's a, I, I didn't even, honestly, it's Erica Badu. I didn't even know that she had Ooh, this mixtape like from uh, 2015, and uh, I love it because it features Andre 3000, who mm. is outcast, right? who is, yep, and he's one of my favorite lyricists, if you will. What's the name of the song? It's called Hello. Oh. Okay. She can do Not no wrong for me, me though. Phone, I'm locked right side up. Walk Ooh, out the room without throwing your bitch off balance. It's either on or off. Ain't no in between when it's valid. I seem to want to talk. This is not going to be on Kevin's Mount Rushmore, by the way. But but speaking of rappers of all time, Andre 3000 makes my Mount Rushmore for sure. So I I will tell you, uh, yeah, I'm not a huge Outkast fan. I do really like Erica Badu though. Do you? Oh yeah, the soulful. So yeah. yeah, and her albums like in the late '90s and early 2000s. Yeah, I mean some. Some really, really good stuff. We were texting about, uh, and I don't remember who came up with it, but about some of the best female artists. And I'm like, man, I don't. Yeah. You know, it's just not. But Erica's on there. She's on there. She's top five for sure for me. She's probably number five, actually. Okay. Yeah. Anita's second. Sade's Mm -hmm. one. That's why I was. Then Lauren Hill gets up there, too. And then it gets a little fuzzy, like, depending on my mood. Yeah. But I think Erica would be up there. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I yeah. so All right, I'm going to have to spend some time with that one. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right, well done. Kev? All right. Jason. Yes. Right now, this is my jam. Okay. Oh, Adele. Right? There's a so good. Mm-hmm. Starting good. in my heart. You know what? Phenomenal. And I will say this is a song that I will never be tired of. Right. I love it. Well... 
Hang on. Hold on to that thought. Oh. There's a reason it's my jam right now. Okay. I can't escape it, Jason. (laughs) Okay. I'm a little technology challenged. You know, even though I'm a member of Gen X, I'm not a baby boomer. (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, so I should be, you know, you would think I would know some degree of technology and this iPhone and this yeah, sort of thing. By now, sure. Here, here's the reason this is my jam right now. For about the past six months, every time I get into my car, <laughs> that song plays. <laughs> so now if, if I'm listening to one of my podcasts, it's fine and it'll, it'll start up again. But if I do anything else on my phone, like if I go on Twitter and play a video or YouTube or something like that, when I get back in the car... <laughs> no way she's on is it because it's the al- by alphabetical by the yeah, well, so yeah, right. I guess like, what it is because it, I don't think I have any other songs downloaded in iTunes oh. or because everything I have is on Spotify so <laughs> as soon for, you know when it wants to default over to iTunes again that's yeah. the song <laughs> every single time I get in the car my daughter laughs hysterically and I'm like Mary please tell me that you can figure this out and yeah. fix it she goes I could I'm not going to. So every time she turns on the car too, because wow. she drives my car now. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That's great. You know what? You, I had that. You with, just delete the song. It, you know. It makes sense because I had it with um, "Adorn" by Miguel. Oh, because it's a. Because it was a, and it and it was and it was like oh, okay, and then after yeah five six weeks you okay I can't you hear that you hear the first little and guitar you're sick and of it. you go. Over and over. But I will tell you, no, it <laughs> is really it hilarious. is a great song. When that came out in 2011, I mean, it took the world by storm, and uh, I certainly enjoyed it then. Oh, my gosh. That's I just got to figure out a way around it. I think you should delete so. the song. Either my, I don't want you to delete the song. Mine yeah. does it to a, a rapper, AZ. No. Oh, one that yeah. comes on. Oh, yeah. So yours goes by... Only iTunes. Only my, iTunes. Oh, no way. Yeah, I must, be have, I must have it on songs where you guys might have it on artists. Well, see, it's funny. See, even if I let the whole thing play through, because it always stops, you know, it always starts like where it's left off. Right. Even if I play the whole thing through, <laughs> it'll start over again. It's, it, again, it's like it's the only song I have downloaded on iTunes because I listen to Spotify now. So. I'm kind of with Mary uh, on this. I hope that you never fix that. No? <laughs> All right, Mikey, you are next. What is your jam? All right, so my jam is... Um, by my favorite band. Oh, you as don't you say. May have guessed. Oh, and, and really, it's just a chance for me to try to convert you to a, a Foo Fighters fan. You should use every opportunity you can. But this really is my jam right now. Uh, at the Taylor Hawkins tribute concert, yeah. I learned that yeah. this was tied for first for Taylor's favorite Foo Fighters song. Okay, it was also the first song he recorded with them on their third album in 1999. Okay, first time he was in recording, and uh, it's a song called Aurora. Aurora? Yeah. Oh, one other. Well, I'll play it first. Okay, go ahead. I don't know. Do I know this? I don't think so. Where in the, like, um... Where in the history of the Foo Fighters is this, like, uh, chronologically? Right so, in the middle? Third album, you know, before the half mark. Gotcha. Right when they were getting... No, they were already big by the third album, right? Yeah. They were well, They were getting big at this point. Gotcha. You would that think tribute, would, by the way, that concert was incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. What a, And what so a something else notable about this one is okay. Taylor was interviewed about his favorite songs, and he mentioned this, and he says... I love this side of Dave, 
I love it when Dave gets into his almost yacht rock voice <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. double, double tracks his voice. Ah. So I thought. Wait, let me let me listen. Good. Yeah, because it is a little smooth and mellow, like that. For them. For them. That's pretty good. All right. This is a good song. Well done. So wait, if we ever do Yacht Rock Part 2, is that... It might, it might make be one it. of them? Okay. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Which we definitely will have to. All right. So tonight, I'm going to tell a, a story. A story that I wanted to tell specifically the three of you guys because of each of you and what you like in music and what we have all talked about in previous podcasts or just in our, uh, you know, kind of hanging out together. But it's a story that I came across probably six or seven months ago. And when I heard it, I couldn't believe that this was actually a story and how I didn't know this story. So I've been waiting almost that long to tell the story, but specifically to you guys. I can't wait. Yep. We had talked about it's a, it's, a, it's a Beatles story. Oh, okay. Okay. first hint. Okay. That's the first hint. All right. Um, I, I'm going to say that just because I know you guys so well, I'm a little concerned that Kevin knows this story, but I'm hoping that some of the details that I surround with this story will um, maybe not. He won't know all of the details, you, but maybe not. I don't know. You, you, you've got me before, my friend. So <sighs> I don't know. You might get me this time. Reminds me to get back. Yeah, that's what I was going to just talk about. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no, I was just going to say, we were going to do our first podcast, all of us together, and right. talk about the Peter Jackson Get yeah. Back, yeah. Uh, what, I guess, docu-series or show or whatever right. it's called. Mm-hmm. And at that time, what I was going to do is kind of do this as part of that podcast. But this deserves now, in my opinion, a standalone oh. story that I want to tell you guys. So... um. I want to first say that it involves some things that we've done in previous podcasts, and I'm going to mention them kind of as we go. Okay. We had done, and I'm looking at Mike and Kevin, we had done an incredible podcast that I absolutely love about cover songs. Yep. Okay. That's a good one. And this involves a little bit of cover songs. And I want to say in the outset here that I hate, (laughs) with a capital H, even though I tell my kids not to use that word, when people cover Beatles songs. Wait, 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 wait. Can, let's take one step back here for okay. a second. In that podcast, if you remember, yeah. you picked one of your covers. I did. Mm-hmm. I did. As a Beatles cover. I did. Joe Cocker's yeah. Little Help of My Friends. That's correct. That's which, correct. Which was, a, which was a great pick. It's The right pick. He does a better job with that particular song. Yeah. Does he do anything that's new, remarkable, or different to it? I don't know and I don't think so, but he does sing it better and it has more soul and there's more yeah. to it. That's that, what's new and remarkable capacity. and different, I think. I think the soul. Maybe, maybe, that. maybe. But that anyway, is. you guys right. have already yeah. disputed that. Well, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Is there, are you going to give an example of like a Beatles cover that you can't stand? Uh, sort Ooh. of, as we go. All right, good. All right. Yes. Now, I also want to say I don't mind when artists or bands perform Beatles songs as an homage or a tribute to Beatles because they like that song and they want to do it. I got no problem with that. It's when they try to make it better. Maybe okay. I get a little cranky and a little bit like territorial about the mm-hmm. Beatles and say, well, you can't make it better. Okay. Take, taking a sad song, make it better. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. So <laughs> let's start from the very, very beginning and say that the Beatles actually began as a band doing covers. Sure. Okay. 
They spent a lot of time playing in bars, even like strip clubs, seedy places in Germany. Yep. And they did tons of covers. Covers of not even English songs. It could have been German songs. It could have been jazz songs, French songs. They learned everything, which really honed and tightened their skills as a band. But they were a cover band until they started writing some of their own stuff. So in 1963, they come out with Please Please Me, their first album. Yep. How many songs were theirs? Uh, you want to guess? There's 14 songs total Isn't on the many? album. Wow, I, I think, think there's that many. I think six original. Six of them are covers. Ooh. Oh, okay. Which I was like, oh, as I'm looking and doing some research for this podcast, I'm thinking, oh, that's really interesting. I didn't know that. No. So on Please Please Me, for example, is... Mm-hmm. Originally done by the Isley Brothers. This is Twist and Shout. Alright, I love their version, but great. it's a but it's a cover. Hey, great movie song too. Yes, it is. What movie? What if it's one of mine for the podcast? Oh, okay, sorry, okay, right, right, I'm right, kidding. Forget, <laughs> forget about that. Forget about that. Okay. <laughs> Alright. Later in 1963, they come out with the with the um, album with the Beatles. Again, six covers for example uh, this is a great for sure. it's a great song great 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 song. the original is a great song yep yeah. and they do a good job with it too yeah. Beatles do. or oh yeah smoky smoky rock yeah. right Not- maybe my maybe my favorite beatles cover a song that, that the beatles do is a cover that is a cover i love this song. they do a yeah, really good. good job with this it's soulful like his Okay, and also the Chuck Berry tune. This is Roll Over Roll Beethoven. Yeah. Okay, so you get the point. The point is there's a lot of covers, and they were a band that did do covers. Um, 1964, they come out with A Hard Day's Night. No covers. All theirs. Movie, 19, movie soundtrack, right? Movie soundtrack, but they wrote everything. Right, 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 right. right. Nineteen sixty four also Beatles for Sale came out, fourteen songs. Again, six of them were covers. So for example, Kevin's gonna know this one. This is Words of Love. Oh. Originally a Buddy Holly Buddy tune. Holly tune. Exactly. And Just let me hear some of that rock and roll. Again another Chuck Berry yep. tune. Rock and roll music. Okay. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna speed up here a little bit. Alright. Help comes out in nineteen sixty five. You got two off of that. One is Act Naturally, which I honestly didn't know was a cover. I didn't know that. Buck Owens. Forget me. Wait, wait, wait. Because this, I always thought this was a Ringo. So did I. Original. No. That's what I thought. Buck Owens. Wow. And the other one that I just said was Larry Williams was Dizzy Miss Lizzie. Yep. Yeah. So there you go. That makes sense. That sounds like a cover to me. That doesn't sound like a Beatles original. It does. Then from there, after Help in 1965, Rubber Soul, no covers. They really wanted to try to be different, experimental, but write all of their own stuff. So no covers. Is that their transformational album or is it the next one? I think I'm going to say, depending on who you ask, but in 1966, Revolver, no covers. And I'm going to make the claim today that this is really where they, this is their transitional album. This is like the new Beatles. This yep. is what changed everything, in my opinion. So there was still a little bit of bubblegum left, left on Rubber I Soul. Mean, let's call it but classic. But then Revolver. Yes. Yeah. Revolver is like 
We'll, and we'll come back to it in just a second. Okay. 1967, Sgt. Pepper's, no covers. 68, White Album, no covers. Not a double album. 69, Yellow Submarine, no covers. 69, Abbey Road, no covers. 1970, Let It Be, no covers. All theirs. So, 20 covers overall in the life of the Beatles, 16 from black artists. Mm-hmm. 1966, Revolver, though, comes out, and they, they really start to be experimental. They start to do some different things. They put a French horn on for no one. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Really starts getting into horns and brass. Uh, Indian instruments on Love You Too. Mm-hmm. Right. They really start to get into that. They have a full string section for Eleanor Rigby. Yeah. There's no other instruments. Mm-hmm. No other Beatles right. are playing instruments. It's fully, uh, you know, uh, uh, what you, uh, the string section, a yeah, full what, was, quartet. Yeah, the string quartet. Or, yeah. Right? Yep. So, for example, let's go to Revolver and look at this. Listen to the horns here. This has got to get you into my life. And this was from the Beatles saying that they wanted to... Let's let's listen. I really want you to hear the, the horns and stuff that's here without any of the lyrics. They said that this was their attempt... For that Tomla Motown kind of mm-hmm. feel. Yeah, okay. This is what yeah. they wanted to do. And they said, we were doing our own Tomla Motown bit. We were influenced by what was going on. And even if we were not necessarily influenced, that's what was going on in the time and everyone was doing it. So this was their attempt to be Motowny. Okay? Okay. And they tried to have even Paul, who I am, he is my like musical hero, his baseline was a bit like James Jamerson of Motown and had a little bit of that funky pop. So I'm going to play it real quick. Hold on. Now I'm playing you this because this is not a Paul baseline necessarily. This no. is pretty straightforward. Pretty simple. Pretty yeah. simple, but it's got that kind of feel. It's not all the way there. There's it's like their a, version of it though. There's like a swinginess to it, right? right? Yeah, a yeah. little bit. Now... Admitted, he has been. It's not a full Motown James Jamerson feel. This is what they were. This is what they could do at the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. In contrast, by the way, just now that now that I'm kind of thinking about it, here is James Jamerson isolated. Let's let's do for once in my life. little bit more intricate a lot more going on mm-hmm. still similar type of patterning and stuff but just bending moving yeah I mean, there's more a, right is a good there's word. more to same it tone, yep. same kind of vibe yeah but different all right anyway so every we're gonna pa- we'll pause that part of the story there for just a second so every few years there's this resurgence of beatles hype we had we just we just talked about Peter Jackson's documentary Get Back. Before mm-hmm. that, there was the movie Yesterday. Oh yeah. Then the Cirque du Soleil thing, mm-hmm. Love, came out. Yeah. Um, across the universe, the movie. Then there's other albums that'll come out with like alternate takes or you know certain different spins on it or, or well, the, the anthology. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, that, that whole series that came out like in what was right was like going to college like probably 1994 or even like when we were younger than that. The the Beatles one album, Beatles yeah. right? One. Yeah. Stuff yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. But now in that same vein, 
This is the story that I want to tell you. Now, I said all of that to tell you this story. All right. Okay? Good buildup. Here yes. we go. Yep. One of the earliest attempts of this repackaging of old Beatles material happened in 1978. 1978, there was the release of a movie called Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, the movie. Kevin's shaking his head. Do you know this story? I, I know the movie. You know yeah, the movie? I'm, I'm I don't know the, the story. Movie. Did you know, know this story. existed? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, not, it's not the who. Um, no. It's, uh, let me tell you. Let me okay. tell you. Yeah, yeah, let yeah, me tell yeah, you. Yeah, Mike, did you yeah, know this yeah. existed? No, I didn't. <laughs> when I found out about this, I lost, I lost it. I had no idea. Yeah, I know no story around it, though, so okay. I'm very excited. This starred, first off, it was released in 1978 because of an off-Broadway play from the same guy who did Grease and Saturday Night Fever, Robert Stigwood. Okay? And it was a pretty terrible off-Broadway kind of show, but they decided they wanted to make it into a movie. But they really made it into this humongous production. Billy Shears is the lead character. His girlfriend's name is Strawberry Fields. Okay? Mm-hmm. Later, he has a fling with a girl named Lucy while he's in the sky, and her background group is the Diamonds. Okay? Mm-hmm. This kind of cheesiness, right? Mm-hmm. Just awful. <laughs> Billy Shears is played by Peter Frampton. Right. Yeah. The rest of the Beatles are the Bee Gees. That's right. The Bee Gees. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Robin Gibb was so confident that the movie and the soundtrack would be, would be amazing that he stated that from now on going forward, our versions of these songs will be the versions that kids remember. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Other people in the movie were George Burns. He was Mr. Kite. Steve Martin. Aerosmith was the future, future villain band. Alice Cooper, Billy Preston, who plays the weather. <laughs> That's interesting they got Billy Preston involved. Yeah, well, wait, yeah. wait, just wait. <laughs> George Benson, the oh. band Heart. Etta James, Curtis Mayfield, Bonnie Raitt, Wilson Pickett, Minnie Ripperton, Tina Turner, Frankie Valley, Rick Derringer, Al Stewart, Del Shannon, Shauna Nas, Seals and Croft, Bobby Womack, Robert Palmer and Dr. John are all in the movie. What? It's wow. an insane cast. That is, wow. Universal Pictures said they wanted it to be this generation's Gone with the Wind. <laughs> okay? But a cold take. it was an absolute, complete flop. Yeah. I mean, a horrible movie. 27 reviews gave it a star, 3 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes has it at 11%. The 1978 Stinker's Bad Movie Awards gave it the Worst Picture nomination. And David Anson of Newsweek said, it is a film with dangerous dangerous resemblance to wallpaper. (laughs) Which is nice. That's that's what you want to hear when you're producing. After it came out... Yeah, right. (laughs) After it came out, George Harrison said, I think it has damaged their careers, their images... And they really didn't need to do that. <laughs> so, and, and you may get into this, but I mean, did the Beatles authorize this? Were they were they behind thinking. it at all? I what? don't know to what degree the licensing or whatever. Maybe they said yes, and I mean, I'm sure they, they had something. to say something, it, right? Because right. you can't just right. remake their songs. With, right? They have, write, they the have writers' right. credit and everything. So, right. I'm assuming that they did. Um, but I I, I want to go through this real quick because a couple of things on it. It was the first album in global history, to be a return platinum album, meaning four million copies of this album were removed, <laughs> or, or removed oh from gosh, stores <laughs> <hitting>. <laughs> to the company and destroyed. It is not for sale today. 
It is not on any streaming service. It has been just removed from history. Wow. <laughs> Except I do have some tracks which I have to play you just so that you get an idea of how bad this, this production really was. For example, this is I Want You, She's So Heavy. Sounds in the like in the range of what you would do if you redid it, right? But again, this is the Bee Gees version. I want you. I'm cringing you so bad. So bad. It's cringeworthy, isn't it? I want you. Yeah. You so I thought one of you guys were talking. No, when, when <laughs> no, this came song. On. So I thought at first. I thought, oh, which who's speaking? I was gonna say, yeah, which one of us is is trying this awful like? <laughs> or or this is and it, and I'm sure it was done somewhat comedically because this was Steve Martin's uh, take uh, on okay. this. But this is um, Steve Martin Maxwell Silver Hammer. Okay. Which is kind of a silly song to begin with, right? Totally is. And yeah. Steve Martin's quite an accomplished musician, by the way. He plays yeah. an amazing banjo. guitar and banjo. Yeah, yeah. right? He's one of the best banjo but, players in the world. Yep. Yep. However. Joan was quizzical, studied pathophysical science in the home. Now remember, 1978 Steve Martin, so we have to give them a little credit, but this was the, the cheese, right? I know. Just like, deflating, isn't it? It's I'm, I'm, my, awful. I'm 100% deflated. That's like, awful. And I like, love Steve Martin. It, it, it sounds like he would have done that on Saturday Night Live. Right, I, absolutely. Right? Or like, as a parody. That, I almost feel like that was in Little Shop of Horrors. Like that's, his, that's the voice from that when he's in. It's, yeah, it's right? awful. George Burns did Mean Mr. Kite. This is Mean, or Mr. Kite, this is Mean Mr. Mustard. But it's this kind of like a disco. <laughs> Wait, this is George Burns? No, no, no. This is Frankie Howard. Okay. But okay, you get the point. It's yeah. it's it's terrible. It's it's sacrilegious to do yeah. this to any song, let alone these perfect, amazing Beatles songs. So when you're gonna cover something, I understand. But this was supposed to be epic, like generational changing this yeah. was supposed to be made. and you want to talk about cringing the person who produced this whole album was George, George Martin. Martin no no right what I know see what? I don't think when I'm when I'm listening to that I was thinking okay what year did Abbey Road what Ab, what year was Abbey Road recorded because that's 68, their, 69 yeah yeah okay so you're looking at 10, Almost 10 years, years later and all of the production I mean even watching the um the Peter Jackson, you know, whatever documentary. Yeah. You see how much effort goes into every little yes, nuance. Note, the crafting, yes. the crafting of a song. To hear somebody do that, I just uh, if I'm and all the Beatles were alive at that point, obviously. Yes, right. You know, that's got to be painful, <laughs> gotta, and especially like well, these are these are like good musicians. Yeah, they're not, and they're probably friends with with some of them. That's, right. That's, that's that's tough. I mean, is it? Was George Martin just looking for a money grab? He, or they was must have. Yeah. He must have paid him so much to be a part of that. To hear, I mean, you got, and I'm not going to play them here. If you ever get a chance to listen to some of the Bee Gees versions of some of the other songs, right? 
they're terrible. I mean, they're just terrible. The Bee Gees had their sound. The Beatles don't sound anything like that. And then they try to put the two together, yeah. and it's just like, it, it just doesn't click. It doesn't work. When but was Saturday Night Fever? Sorry to cut you 70, off. 80? 79? Okay, so, yeah, right, so, right, that, so right around okay. that. So it was so they wasn't. I thought I figured maybe like oh they're coming off this they're so hot. After I mean this, it was it was in that same area yeah. of time. Oof. But 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 I say all of that to then say during the movie the four Beatles so in their Sergeant Pepper's outfits <laughs> Peter Frampton and the Bee Gees go to a concert and at that concert they see Earth Wind and Fire. And they sing <laughs> no. this song. And I will say, this is better. Whoa. Better than the Beatles version. You. you should have saved it for part two. Uh, no. Of the, of, of the covers. So better in the, the movie, they go and see Earth, Wind, and Fire. And Earth, Wind, and Fire does this song for them. And the Beatles, the, the, George, Paul, Ringo... No, and, and John are there. No, 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 no. But the, as the Bee Gees and Peter Frampton oh, oh, in, the, in the movie. Gotcha, but this okay, is okay, they okay, go to. Okay, why, okay. I don't know why they, why that's in the movie. Why that's the plot. Right. But I'm gonna say to you that they, with their funk, with their proper bass funk that they have, they actually did a better job of this song than the Beatles did. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Just, that's just high, give high me a minute. Statement. Do you? Yes, I knew I would get Mike because Earth went in fire. Just listen. <laughs> Oh, it's great. It's fantastic. Without a doubt. Jason has tried to sell me on this one oh, previously. Oh, so good. And I just can't. On an album can't of get trash. Get there. It's good. It is good. It's better. I love the original. So do I. Wait a minute. So do I. But this is done better because this song needs this funk. It's got a good groove. It really does. This part. Mm. Right? Come on. I'm not going to win you over on this? No. I do like it though. That's the problem. From the ashes comes this phoenix of greatness. Think about that. The album is trash. I was going to say, are you saying like, maybe maybe you're getting persuaded because it's relative to the other garbage that's there. (laughs) No. It's so much better. Here's here's how crazy this was for me. I thought this was on an Earth, Wind & Fire album. It never was on an Earth, Wind & Fire album. It's just on the greatest hits. It's on the greatest hits. Yeah. No, uh, I'm like, what album did it come I didn't from? Know that. It's from this crappy from Beatles, oh, uh, Sergeant Pepper's movie album. It's the only place that it actually was released. So funny! I did not know that. And think about that. Let's just listen to the difference in production between yeah. this and all the other junk I played yeah. in. Yeah. So let me ask you this, Mikey. Why is this better? Why? Well, I might be a little opinionated because I knew this one first. Oh, okay. Right. Wow. Okay. My, okay. My dad was a big oh, yeah. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yep. But just the soul, like it's that, right. Yes. I mean, it, that song lends itself to that kind of soul. Yeah. All right. So I'm not going to win you over on this one being better, Sethy. No, no. I, I do. I do like it. I think you actually introduced me to it. I don't know if I've ever heard this version before. You sent it to me. Okay. And uh, no, I just love. I, I love the horns in in the original. I love the that. And this has nothing to do with the quality of the song. But I love McCartney wrote it about smoking pot and and I just think that's cool and the whole vibe to it at that yeah. time frame it was almost like a stigma around that I, I, I think he had four horns that he hired I think it was a group of four or five forgive me I forgot but let's say it was four and he wanted to have even more horns he wanted it to be bigger but oh, wow. they, they just couldn't get them back in because they recorded it over a series of a few months yeah. so he actually took 
the horns track, doubled it, and then played it about five milliseconds off, like just slightly off, wow. so it sounded like a bigger horn oh, that's section. That's pretty cool. Which no is kidding. like revolutionary. Yeah, that's that pretty time. You know, you, Nobody really did that kind now, of stuff. Is this produced by George Martin? Yes. See, I don't know, man. If I'm the Beatles, I would. Maybe I'm totally wrong because I'm not in the industry. I'm not in the biz, if you will. But, <laughs> but the, I would get somewhat offended. Like you produced it the first time, I think. Maybe he didn't. Ten years apart, though. Yeah, but well, I would say, what was wrong with twelve? What, what was wrong with it before, man? Why, why would you do this? Although, again, this one, this one, I know. Would, would not fall into that category. But I some know. of the other stuff. What, why, I know why? it's awful. Well, it's awful. but think about it. I mean, so at the time in the 70s, these guys were all solo artists at that point, right? right. Yeah. Yep. Not, yeah. Not experiencing nearly the success that, they, I mean, they had success, they had success of course, success, right, but, but, not, not, but not, really, not to this degree. Not that they did when they were right. you know, together, right? right. I mean, tr- true synergy, right? The four of them were better than, than the sum mm-hmm. of the parts. For sure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, maybe they saw this too as, you know, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll give the songwriting credits. George can, I guess, yeah. can produce it. And, and if they're going to throw so much money at the project, yeah. Right. Like maybe it's going right. to be awesome, but it right. was horrible. I wonder if, you know, the at least my interpretation or impression is, is that after John died, Yoko was kind of like, okay, she held everything close to the chest and didn't want people doing this kind of stuff. I wonder if this influenced that. If she knows, if she <laughs> knew they're like, you know maybe. what, John was so disappointed maybe. with that. You're not going to do... You know, anyway, I think it was a challenge to even get love uh, in in Las Vegas because right. she would hold things up, which nothing wrong with that. You know, she, I think she took the estate seriously and or takes yeah, to the protect estate it. seriously. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, makes yeah, sense. yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes I, sense. I, who knows if there was influence there or not? But that is bad. That's when I bad. heard this story, I was like, I can't believe that 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 could be that bad. I mean, even yeah. the Beatles movies aren't great, but they're a timepiece of what was going on at that time. But this is just like farcically, like so just funny. horribly right. bad. It's that. It's it's almost. How could anyone let this happen? It's that yeah, bad, and yeah. it, it wasn't purposely no. a parody. No, no. <laughs> so Rob, it, it it's a good like assumption. It. Yeah, yeah, Rob Reiner wasn't hiding behind there doing Spinal no. Tap or anything like no. that. Christopher, no, right. okay. That's right. what I thought. Right. This has to be right. a parody. This has to be mocking something, right? Like, but no, they meant it. Which is just that is. Please hysterical. look up some of the quotes. Please look up some of the money that was thrown at this thing. It was an absolute catastrophe. Now, just flop. say it again. I'm sorry. The it was a double platinum removal. So it was the first platinum, oh, platinum removed return. at return, return. album. Yeah. That is, which was four million. Lord. I think platinum is that only five hundred thousand. So, so it, it it was multi platinum wow. return because four million were actually pulled and destroyed. So if you have, are they? Been oh, it's collected. Just say, go, on, you you go on one, eBay and you can get it for a couple hundred bucks. Smokes. Yeah. Wow. Not that you'd want it, but yeah. <laughs> right. Um, all right. I wanted to tell you that story. That's great. I'm so surprised Love you guys it. knew of the movie. That's well, awesome. Well, of it, but I didn't know the, the history behind right. it. That's no, great. I had, had no idea that. I had no idea it was this bad. Just, just knew yeah, that it right. existed. But out of right. that became this cover, talking about covers, right. that yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to state, <laughs> is better than the original. Out of this trash came something so good. Yeah. So, there you go, man. The Phoenix. That's funny. That's it. Nice. So nice. with that, we'll go out with the original, Got to Get You Into My Life, and we will say thank you so much for listening. We will see you. Next time. Well done. I was alone, I took a ride, I didn't know what I would find there.